question this morning. Got to wait this thing to do face ID. Um, I brought my bag today because I'm using a few props. So who likes Coke? Anybody here like Coke? Oh, look, there's a whole load of people there. And this, this, my friends, is the real stuff. No zero, no saccharin, no, this has got sugar in it. This is, this is the, the stuff. It is precious, precious liquid. Now, I want to give this away to somebody to drink today. So if your parents allow you to drink Coke, yep, and you would like this, just stick up your hand and I will choose someone. Um, oh, it's going to be really, really difficult. I'm going to go with Florence at the back there. Why don't you come down, Florence? You're going to help me for a moment. Let's welcome Florence as she comes. Now, my mum always said to me, you're not allowed to drink out of a can. Anybody else say that? You're not allowed to drink out of a can. So, can you hold this for me for a moment? And this is an amazing cup. I'm holding it up. It says, if at first you don't succeed, call dad. <laughs> we know it's true because cups don't lie. So what we're going to do, we're going to pour this in the cup and uh, Florence can then drink. So if you hold the cup, what's the problem? It's dirty. What's dirty? The cup. She reckons the cup's dirty. It's not a problem, is it? <laughs> That'll be okay. We'll just put the Coke in. It'll just mix it up a bit. Is that fine? You know, I'm using that. Thank you. You can take that. Give a round of applause. You know, Jesus, when he was talking, gave an example about a cup. He didn't just use a cup. He said plates as well. But he says this. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees hypocrites, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees first wash the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will become clean too." Now, nobody really wants to drink from this. Anybody want to have a drink from this cup? But the problem is it looks okay, doesn't it? You look at the outside, you think, yeah, that looks fine. I had the other week, I've had this a few times where I go into the cupboard, we've got all our cups stacked there, and I pull one out, and I'm making a cup of tea, and I'm about to pour it in and go, ooh. And because we've got a dishwasher, sometimes it doesn't clean the cup. And then you look at the cup, think, well, and it was sitting there with all the other cups. It looked really good, was all clean on the outside, but inside, it wasn't good. And we go, Ugh, and we either wash the cup or we switch it to another one. Now, here's the point. You don't know the cup was dirty. And even though the outside is clean, it was really interesting that Florence said, the cup is dirty. And I said, well, no, it looks fine. Now, the contrast in the world is, the world says, well, you're clean if you look clean on the outside. 
somebody is shiny and clean, if you're wearing a suit and tie, well, it's all good. If you've got a nice smile, clean shaven, good hairstyle, then it is all good. But actually, God does not evaluate us on that level. And Jesus gives some instruction about the cup. He says, cleaning the outside is pointless. Absolutely no value of cleaning the outside of the cup. Because if you only clean the outside, all you're worried about is vanity, about how you look. It's cosmetic. Can't really say this about my daughter. But go on. See, look, encouragement from Ben there. He can say it because he's going so she won't shoot him. You know what? When she goes out, it takes some time to get ready to prepare the outside of the cup. The straighteners come out and this comes out and that comes out and about seven hours later, she's ready. Not quite that, but... You know, we can look good externally, but what Jesus wants to look at is how we are on the inside. And, you know, it's a challenge for us because Jesus' evaluation of a human being has nothing to do with how they look externally. We're told that Jesus doesn't look at the outside, he looks at the heart. And he says it's not what's external, but it's what's internal that is the problem. And can you imagine you'd get told off by your parents if when they asked you to do the washing up, you only, you only ever cleaned the outside of things. If you only ever cleaned the outside of the teapot or the, the outside of the plate or the outside of the cup, they'd say, you haven't done your job properly. It's about what's inside. That needs to be cleaned. The second thing that Jesus says is anybody can be dirty on the inside. Notice who Jesus is talking to. He's talking to the teachers of the religious law and Pharisees. These were supposed to be the moral leaders of society. They had status and position, but Jesus says inside they are like dead bones. What a scary thing. Anybody, and I mean anybody, can be dirty on the inside. Pastors, um, parents, Teachers, MPs, charity workers, nurses, doctors, anybody. Don't be fooled by how clean the cup is on the outside to what is going on on the inside. We've had enough in the last 10, 15 years of child presenters who've either had their statue removed or have gone into prison because they were dirty on the inside and it finally came out. So the question is, well... What is the dirt on the inside that Jesus is talking about? Jesus says this. He says, it's greed and self-indulgence. And in Luke 11.39, he says, it's greed and wickedness. Now, wickedness is not a word we use these days. It actually has the opposite. When somebody says, hey, you look wicked, it doesn't mean that you're looking like the devil. It means you're looking really good. But wickedness here refers to moral corruption. A moral corruption is quite a broad spectrum. 
Moral corruption covers everything from sexual immorality and onwards. In Matthew 15, it says this. But the words you speak come from your heart, and that is what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you. And so the fourth thing Jesus is saying, we need to clean the inside of our lives. We need to be inside because the things that are inside the cup taint everything that comes out. You know, if you put coke in this, this is good old dirt from the back garden. If you put coke in this, you'll probably taste a bit of uh, earth, maybe the occasional worm. You know, it'll have that kind of flavor. Have you ever buttered a piece of toast and somebody's used the butter before to do some garlic butter and you bite into your marmalade toast and you're thinking, what is that? It's tainted it. It's kind of gone over and impacted it. And Jesus is saying really simply that what is inside you is going to influence everything that you do. It's going to impact everything and absolutely everything that you touch. The inside determines the outside of the cup. Unless we are clean on the inside, we will never be clean on the outside. And ironically, if you clean the inside, the outside can't help but be clean. If you only clean the outside, it doesn't touch the inside. But if you choose to clean the inside properly, the outside will automatically be clean. And here's the big lesson from Jesus, that if we want to be clean on the outside, we clean our inside and the outside becomes clean. Now here's the challenge. There's only one way that we can really become clean. It's called the blood of Jesus. Cleaning the inside by ourselves is an impossible task. You know, every January, people come and they say, I'm going to be different now. Yeah, going to change my diet, going to do some exercise, going to be kind to people. When I drive my car, I'm going to stop and let people go. I'm not going to use the horn. And then by February, that's all gone. Because actually we, we lack the power to change ourselves. I mean, let's face it, if we had the power to change ourselves, our world would not be as violent and as, I don't know what the word is, wicked probably, as it is. I mean, I, I stopped, I've said this, I stopped long ago watching the news because it's just depressing. I remember I was in, in India for eight and a half years and I came back and one of the things I really missed was having a paper through the door, be able to get up in the morning and to read the paper. So I did it for a month and after that I was just depressed all the time. Because I picked it up, this person's done that nasty thing, that person's done that nasty thing. There was hardly ever anything in it that was good. It was all about bad things that people did and it just demonstrates that the power of human beings to change themselves for the good is just not possible. The Bible says that we have a corrupted, sinful nature. 
And that corrupted sinful nature will always sabotage everything that you look to do. It's amazing sometimes where something bad happens to someone and we smile about it. And we think afterwards, why on earth did I smile? That wasn't very nice. It's because we have a nature within us that is sinful and that looks to destroy all the stuff that is good. And so those who turn to Jesus, those who come to Jesus and ask him to forgive them, those who acknowledge that they have a sinful nature and they've done wrong stuff and say, look, Jesus, I'm really sorry about this and I turn away from that and I ask for your help, Jesus gives them the power to begin to clean the inside of the cup. He gives them this supernatural ability that they say, I don't know how, but I'm able to overcome, I'm able to resist temptation, and it is all because I'm reliant and I'm trusting in Jesus to help me every moment. The work of the Holy Spirit is this. He will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The Holy Spirit has been given to the world for the simple thing to make us realize that the inside of the cup is dirty and it needs cleaning. And until it's clean, absolutely nothing will change and we will continue down the line that we are going. I find it amazing that in our modern era, we think that we're now in a position where we've got all this amazing technology, we've got scientific breakthrough, um, we've got more enlightenment than we've ever had, we've got more money than we've ever had, and yet at the core, human beings are just as bad as they've ever been. There, there, there was a, a, a tweet I read a few years ago where... Um, a quite a well-known lady said she believes that human beings are inherently good. And I read that and I thought, inherently good? Is it because human beings are inherently good that we have locks on our doors? Because somebody's going to open the door and leave a present in your house. Is it because we're inherently good that we need locks on our cars? Is it um, that we're inherently good that we need the police? No, it's because we're inherently not good. And what you see is people are moral to a level because they know they will be punished if they're not. But we're now moving into an era in the UK where these things are no longer punished and people are doing whatever they like. And Jesus looks down and he says, you know what? If we don't clean the inside of the cup, we are never, ever going to change ourselves or change the world. We're never going to make the world a better place because we will continually be tainted by the stuff that comes out of our hearts. And so day by day, the Holy Spirit points out and helps us to deal with sin. Now, there's two things here. The first is that those who don't know Jesus make a decision and say, Jesus, I want you to clean the inside of the cup. And then when they've prayed that prayer, there is then the daily journey where the Holy Spirit says, yep, the cup's got dirty again, let's clean that. Because it's not a one-off thing. 
You know, you don't take a cup out of your cupboard and you clean it and you think, well, that's it. That's done. It's cleaned for the life of the cup. No, it's cleaned until it gets dirty again. And then it needs to be cleaned. And so we need to walk with Jesus on a daily basis. But what happens is, is that over time, our habits begin to change. Jesus begins to highlight things before we do them and we don't do them and the cup gets less and less dirty over time as we go. And people begin to see it. They think, wow, there's something about that person. There's something about who they are and what they carry. In Romans, you know, the book of Romans is really good at explaining all this. You should read through. But in Romans 8, 12 to 14, it says... Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by the dictates of your sinful nature, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And this is the amazing thing that everybody who believes and follows Jesus, he gives them the power to be able to say no to the sinful nature and to begin to clean up their life and to live in a way that is pleasing to God. And that's what changes the world. You know, Christianity has never changed the world uh, in terms of, of church and its religion. It has only ever changed the world in terms of people who have been cleaned on the inside, who are connecting with other people, and they're bringing out good stuff that people say, wow, this is amazing. The thing I love about church is not the Sunday gatherings, but it is the connections and the friendship and the help and the love and the support that we give to one another. And in that, allowing the Holy Spirit to help us. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says, Take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You know, I've said it's a daily process. Let me tell you, the hardest thing is to ask the Holy Spirit to help monitor what you're doing all the time. Because he will. He will. You'll say something to someone and in your heart will come the, the thought that says, that wasn't very nice. I need to say sorry. Or you want to watch something on TV and in here the Holy Spirit will say, you shouldn't be watching that. You know, the Holy Spirit is amazing. He, he works through our conscience and in our conscience. And he's not condemning, he's convicting. There's a difference. Condemning is pointing the finger and saying you're going to hell. Convicting says, this is not good for you. Please don't do it. And when we then say, Holy Spirit, would you help me? I don't want to do this. There is a power that comes into you that enables you to say, no, I'm not going to do this. Something that you were totally not able to do, all of a sudden you can overcome because the Holy Spirit gives you the power to do it. And we live in a most dangerous world. And I'm not on about war. I'm on about we are now allowing every kind of greed, every kind of lustful and sexual immorality, all stuff to do with violence. You know, when you look through what is on television... It's either full of sexual immorality, it's full of violence, or it's full of greed. If it doesn't include those three things, you've probably got nothing to watch. 
I remember years ago there was a cartoon, I think I was living in Coventry at the time, and it was in the Coventry Telegraph, and it was Horace and Doris, I don't know if you remember them, but Horace and Doris, and, and he's sitting there in front of this blank screen on the TV. And his wife comes and says, what are you doing? He says, I've got this new device that filters out all the rubbish. And there's nothing there. I was reading something and the guy said, if we took out of our lives, out of our television, anything that breaks one of the Ten Commandments, we wouldn't be watching anything. About honouring your mother and father. About keeping the marriage bed pure. Not stealing, not coveting. We take all of those things out and we remove those things. And the reason I am mentioning these are because as we watch those things, they begin to become a part of us. Many years ago, this will date me, many, many years ago, um, there was this show, I don't know if it's still on, called EastEnders. And one of the things they said, this was probably in the late 80s, early 90s, one of the things they said is what these TV shows put on in terms of the social dynamic and accepted behavior becomes real in society five years later. Why is that? Because we, as we constantly watch this stuff, it becomes a story that we take into ourselves and we begin to live. Stories are powerful things. The thing that changes you isn't an abstract truth. The thing that changes you is when you watch a story that hits your emotions and you think, wow, I need to do something here. And that's why the biggest power of the people that can put the story into your brain and that be that Disney for our kids, which, and Disney are awful. Let me tell you, Disney are one of the most awful companies that are out now. I would not touch them with a barge pole. And we've got all of these things that the devil is using to make our insides dirty every single day. And then we are told that we can be washed by the word of God. You know, every morning when you sit down and you read some scripture and you say, Lord, would you speak to me through that? And let me encourage you, read slowly, don't read fast. Into your mind will come something that will begin to wash your insides. It will begin to clean you on the inside. You'll feel refreshed. You'll feel fed. You'll feel that you've received something that is from God that makes your life better today. Because in the end, let me tell you, in the end, all the stuff on the inside will determine the quality of life that you will have. My mother ran a, res a residential home for many years. And I used to go home and visit and I'd stay there over Christmas and stuff and I'd get to know some of the folks and things. And what was really interesting is what people had allowed into their hearts 30 years previous manifested over time. I remember one lady who had a tragic situation where her son died, but she became really angry about it. She started to blame God and started to blame other people and stuff. And when, when I met her 30 years later, her words were full of bad language, were full of vitriol, were full of anger. And I thought, why, why would you want to become like that? And so Jesus wants to take those things out. He wants us to be people where, you know, Scripture says that uh, we bear fruit. 
And, and if you, you know what fruit is like, if you go into a, um, a, a cherry orchard or what have you, you pick the cherries off the, the tree. But you wouldn't go near anything that had horrible fruit. I mean, if you went to an apple tree and they all had worms coming out and, and they were moldy on this side and stuff, you go, no, I'm going to another tree. And so what we allow on our inside becomes the fruit that comes out of us. And when we interact with people, we walk away and sometimes we feel, it feels like I've had some bad fruit. And we want to be the kind of people where people say, you know what, I really want to be with this person because the fruit is so good. And so I want to encourage you this morning. If you've never asked Jesus to clean the inside of your cup, today's a good day to do that. I'm going to pray a prayer in a moment that you're welcome to join me in praying. But if you're a believer and you struggle with those things, well, ask Jesus for help. Philippians 4.13 says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Ask him for help. Every moment of every day, you ask him for help. I'm learning as I get older to ask more, not less. Every day, every morning, Lord, I need help. An hour later, I need help. I've got to make a phone call. I need help. I've got to sort this out. I need help. I've got to write a sermon. I need help. I've got to talk to this person. I need help. I've got to do this funeral. I need help. Every time. And Jesus supplies what I need. I tell you, without him, I could not do this. I couldn't get through this. I'd already be in some kind of mental home because it's too much to handle. And so Jesus is here today. He's here to help you. He's here to walk with you. He's here to help you clean the inside of the cup. He's here to strengthen you and encourage you. You know, Jesus doesn't just point out things that are wrong. He says, wow, that was really good what you did there. He blesses you with joy and peace. You know, the one thing we need day upon day is to be able to sit down and have a sense of joy in our hearts. To know that we're at peace with God. Let's close our eyes for a moment. I'm going to pray. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, if you've never asked him to forgive your sin and to clean the inside of your cup, or if you did it maybe many moons ago and you've kind of walked away from it, but you want to renew that today, can I just ask you to raise your hand where you are this morning? If that's you, I want to pray with you this morning. You can raise your hand where you are. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Father, I want to pray this morning for those who've raised their hand. You know, if you pray in your heart and you say, Jesus, forgive my sin. Clean the inside of my cup. I turn away from all of those things and I'm sorry for all the wrong that I have done. And I ask for your help. If you've prayed that, if you pray that this morning, I guarantee you, you'll begin to sense that Jesus is with you. And if you're a believer this morning, I just want to pray for you. If you need help, if you need help to get rid of all the junk that is there, that's crowding your mind, that's crowding your heart, and you realize that there is more of Jesus that could come through if you gave him more time. I just want you to stand with me this morning. I'm going to pray for us. If that's you, I want you to stand with me this morning. If you want Jesus to help you, 
If you want more of Jesus to shine through you, we're just going to stand and pray together this morning. You know, it's not about other people. You know, one of the things when we do these meetings is we're thinking, what will other people think if I stand? That's the outside of the cup. We're looking at the inside. That's where we need Jesus. And so, Jesus, I, I thank you for your goodness. I pray for everybody who stood this morning, and maybe those who haven't, but in their hearts want to stand. I want to pray a blessing upon you this morning. You know, Jesus loves you. He loves you so much, the Bible says, that he died for you on the cross. That's how much he loves you. He's willing to give his life, and he's done that, and he's even more willing to make you clean. You know, the leper came and said, if you're willing... You can make me clean, Jesus. And he said, yes, I'm willing. And this morning, he's willing to help you. I don't know what you're struggling with, if there are specific things you're struggling with, but why don't you lift them to him this morning? Give it to him. You know, if it's something to do with mental health, say, Jesus, I just give that to you because I need your help. If you're struggling with, with gambling or with pornography, if you're struggling with diet and eating, you know, there are so many things we struggle with. Give it to him. Say, Lord, I acknowledge I have a problem in this area. And I just give that to you this morning. Say, would you help me? And Father, as, as people have made that decision, I want to pray that by your spirit that you would come in and that you would give help and life and strength. I pray that you would enable and equip today. And Father, I want to pray that the decision we make today to have the cup clean on the inside, that you would help us, not just today, but tomorrow, this afternoon, uh, every time we go on, would you help us? Would it be an ongoing thing? And give us the strength to say no to so many temptations that assail our senses every moment of the day. And so, Lord, we commit ourselves to you. We want to be a holy people. We want a people, be a people that are used by you for your glory. And we commit our lives afresh to you this morning. Say, Lord, help us. Help us. Change us. Convert us. And let us be a blessing to those who are around us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You can take your seat. Thank you.